The opinions expressed in the following podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide education and entertainment about the financial industry and the stock market. Enjoy. On this episode of PGIR, we have Gary Trades, the man that turned $500, yes, $500 into $5 million in just under two years. Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav in the building for the Atlas crew. Atlas Trading, what the fuck is up? They're traders, they're prodigies, and then there's legends. Rob, 4%, baby. No way. 4% fucking percent. Buy the fucking dip. Hey, who told me about IDEX? Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, someone just made, like, a lot more money than me on my trade. You find out, life's this game of pennies. Did you check the portfolio? Pennies. 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 The margin for error is so small. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. And they out there making money right now off of penny stocks. The two guys is putting in work to make y'all rich. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Time to think big. Pennies going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity at Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny Strokes, baby. This episode is brought to you by Benzinga. Benzinga is our absolute favorite resource to use when we trade. We use it for news scanners. We use it for float checkers. We use it for stocks screening we use it for just about everything including chat rooms and and much much more uh but that's not all they have they have youtube as well hot stocks luke every single day has great guests on ranging from ripster to mia khalifa to gary to to all the best guests you need to hear from every single day all day long so make sure to go check that out that's youtube.com forward slash benzinga and if you look in the replies to this tweet you will see how to get a discount code for Benzinga Pro. Make sure to go sign up for Benzinga Pro right now. And on this episode of Pennies Going In Raw, we are very excited to welcome back Notorious Mac, uh, Gary Trades. Y'all, y'all know him, you love him. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Just surviving this market that we've been in. How are you guys? Yeah, uh, I think surviving is a is the best term to use. There's no surviving over here. I'm losing sleep. Uh, it, there's no surviving. It, the but Northeast. Hope you got on, dude. It's cold here. I mean, it's a little it's a little cold here. So, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Daddy Robes for sending us these. Um, it's dark, man. Dude, sixteen pounds. I'm getting a workout just wearing it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I would kill that thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, whenever I wear it, I feel like what it's like to weigh a healthy amount as a 26-year-old <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wear the red ones for red days, so, you know, so I'm... Hey, I'm he's been wearing it a lot. <laughs> Fresh out here, boys. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's funny. It has been trash for, I mean, I think of it as like six weeks. Maybe it's been a little bit longer. And we thought that we were starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel last week. Yeah, um, you're talking about Friday? Yeah, I think I'm talking about Thursday, more Thursday and Friday. Um, Thursday towards the end of the day. And then Friday, um, I think we had 200% runners. And we were, you know, they were starting to get some confidence back inside the inside the small cap world. At least I felt so. 
I thought so too. Like, you know, especially like MBIS, MBIS has been on a tear, just like on the low for days. Like it's the one that gets away every single day. It's gone. Um, Just a crazy run up, which is good to see. But yeah, I was like you, man, on Friday, like I didn't get a trade Friday evening. I was traveling that evening, but I saw so many runners popping off. And I was like super excited to roll into Monday, which was yesterday. And I thought yesterday was pretty good. Some decent stuff yesterday, but today, man, we wake up straight garbage again. Right. Yeah. Right back at it. Yeah. <clears throat> Another thing we were talking about from Friday is not only were there 100% runners, but there were sympathies running as well. So you're starting to see a little bit of, you know, life back in the market, but, you know, it sucks. We only got one, one day so far of it, and Tuesday's not looking as nearly as hot. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, maybe this was to be a little bit expected, like, uh, Hugh was saying on Friday, um, and I even thought Monday a little bit was nice. Uh, it's kind of like that little bit of traps and bulls to get people excited to go in, slap heavy, ready to go. And it's just, I think the market has a couple more days, maybe a week or so, just to smack the bulls back down. So I think this was just a, a tease of what's to come, hopefully soon. Kind of been like Max Payne, you know, like where they give you a little bit of confirmation and snap, snap you back down. But I think some days we're seeing huge momentum and we're like, it's kind of like that slow trickle up and I'm just waiting for one of them to go berserk. And I, and I thought that it was MVIS. MVIS has tripled in the last two trading weeks. Um, and I really thought that that was going to be the one. And then even like NFTs, NFTs, they, they, they kind of have like their, at least to me, it feels like they're uh, 15 seconds of fame, like once a week. And then, but it's literally like 15 minutes and then they're, it, it's up and down. Exactly. Yeah. Like you got to be like quick Johnny on the spot when they start popping off, because if you try to play the pullback or anything on them, you're dead. Red yeah. And yeah. And I'm just waiting. Like, I think that I feel like we haven't been saying this a little bit, but I, I feel like we've been so close to max pain for a long time now. And that all I'm waiting for, or really like small cap traders are waiting for is that one to hold and like that MVIS go to a hundred instead of triple in 10 days, you know, 10x from even here so yeah i mean you can speak on this as well um but you know it, the market has cycles like if you're a new trader um like i know your podcast both of you guys help out a lot of new traders especially getting into the market like this is kind of the place that people go to find their information hey what do we do because you just can't get it anywhere else i mean unless you want to go buy a course and still not get as good information my opinion but I'm a little bit biased. Like, I mean, you guys are my homies, but <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, point of the story is a lot of newer traders just get into the market. Your podcast is the first place these people come. And these people might not know about the market cycles. Every single year, the market has cycles. We can't be 100 at all times. Like it can't just be full throttle, Lambo's maxed out like every day of the year. The market doesn't work like that. Things have to come back some. We're in a normal slow market cycle, um, which is normal. Like it's nothing to be, it's annoying to trade in, but it is what it is. But like you were saying, we're going to get, I don't know what ticker it's going to be. Like I'm not in the business of, uh, you know, having a crystal ball predicting the ticker names, but we are going to get one ticker that's going to explode and ignite small caps. When it happens, everybody will know what one it is. That's your signal. Whenever that happens, that's when you slap heavy. That's when it's full throttle again. That's when bulls get excited. You put the money in and let's go. 
I've got I've got one for both of you and and one for Gary in particular regarding what you just said for you. I know you kind of took some heat whenever you said, you know, we're going heavy, we're going all in, we're we're trying to make as much as possible. Obviously, that was a bull market. That doesn't apply in this market, does it? For me it does. Like I mean, I'm not going like all in. I'm still going very heavy. Like I still take heavy positions, but I know the market conditions. I know this is not the bull market. I've sized down a little bit. Like I'm not just going all in out of the gates. I've sized in still heavy, just not all in, but I'm taking profits a lot sooner now because I know, hey, this is not the market that we're going to get insane runners. So I go really heavy, taking profits sooner than I would like, and I'm still doing okay. Not as much as the wild run, but we're, we're surviving. And then my question for both of you guys was, we've been talking about the market's been kind of trash. A lot of people, like I've been seeing saying, is this, is this the big guys getting back at retail traders for our, our, our fun we had in January with the GME and everything? Uh, so, see, this is a struggle because I would love to sit here and be like, Wall Street hates the little guys. And, you know, it, it's always fun to poke to poke games. And like, I know that, you know, when I worked at a fund, we had always made jokes with, you know, like I was trading my own book, they were trading their fund book and we would always make jokes with each other, but it was never really like serious until Reddit kind of made it serious. And so I really think that it's more of like a January was so hot. February was so hot that, um, there's kind of like this saying that like has to cool down. Yeah. It has to cool down. And there's kind of like this saying um, inside the fund world that may walk away. And that just means that usually by May, most of the funds have made their yearly goals. And so they kind of enjoy from May till August. And, you know, that's when, you know, like the typical, like go to the Hamptons, things of that nature. So there's always the May go away. And then it's like September, bring back the runner. Like it's, it's been a few years, but there was always like that little, like, uh, like lingo that they would use. And, um, I think personally uh, walk away May turned into February walk away. And, I think that's more of what we're seeing because there's just no volume inside the I'm gonna, market. Right I'm going to take a guess that it wasn't runner September, but runner summer, you know, that rhymes. It may have been that. Yeah, you know, it's been a few <laughs> years and, and just the one that always, I mean, you guys know how bad I am with that kind of stuff, like with the, with the rhyming Idioms, and the yeah, metals. Of the yeah, it's not yours. <laughs> so, so I think that it's more like we just saw a really hot beginning of the um, year and also funds had a crazy year last year for the most part. And on top of that was that hedge funds were always like the, the the secret that, you know, the, the regular person didn't know about because most people can't get into hedge funds unless they're what's called an accredited investor. So they were always like this, uh, kind of secret underground financial system that was the SEAL team of the of the mutual fund world. You know, if you will, like everybody else is telling you to invest in mutual funds. And then here you have these high net worth individuals trading and blowing everybody out of the water. So then GME came along and put them kind of in like underneath the glass and uh and they got and, and you know it's kind of like they didn't they didn't want to be known about, you know, if that I don't know. That's that's kind of like my conspiracy theory is that just like it was such a hot January, such a hot February. And on top of that, with the whole GME fiasco, that um, they might have taken their break early. And that's why we're seeing such low volume and such little volume. 
Yeah, like, like I think Dan maybe touched on this, but we are seeing light volume right now, but I feel like it's almost like a double whammy. It seems worse because you think about GME, you think about cost, AMC, the amount of volume on those tickers was abnormal. It was just, you don't see that often. And then when you go back to a normal market cycle, light market time or light volume time of the year, and we're just coming out of this GME stuff, it looks like it's just completely dead zone out here. It's the end of the world. Like we're yeah. bankruptcy, anything else. But I think because GameStop just spoiled us this year, it's making this seem more severe than what it really is. For sure. For sure. And I think, I, personally, I think that like, I'm not like, I don't like this market and I don't like the GME market. Like, do, I can't stand, like, I can't stand either one personally. Uh, like I said, is that I'm, I'm way more like, like, you know, pop, one or two, 200% poppers a day. Make a, like, I'll make a little bit on the side on that. And then, but I understand why they're up. And then, then, you know, I like the swings, you know, the slow, gradual, you know, the, it makes sense. The fundamentals make sense with a catalyst, wait for the news. It pops, runs a hundred percent. I take my money and move on. Not this, just like everything grinds down, everything grinds down. And then you have a few like MVIS, which you're like, why is this thing up 300% in two weeks of trading? Like there's, yes, it had news, but like, is there just that many shorts in there? Like this is like a small GME squeeze. So I like, I like things to make sense. And right now it doesn't make sense to me. No, I feel that too. Obviously we're all waiting for the small caps to come back. We always talk about, we're waiting for those big runners. Is there anything else that you kind of look for aside from just like the market cycle changing as it does every year, but how can you really confirm that it's back that we can that we can really start going heavy? So, like I said, we confirm that it's back and start going heavy when we have the random ticker that whatever it might be just explodes and just goes a stupid amount of percentage in one day and then possibly continues the next day and maybe even the day after that. Yeah. That's the signal that we're back. That's when we go heavy again. In the meantime, you know, hey, this is what we do for a living. Like, I mean, a lot of us are full-time, uh, even listen to the podcast are full-time. But even if you're not like full-time, you're trying to get full-time, you can't just like not trade anything forever how long it might take. So what you do in the meantime is the moves aren't going to be as big, but there are opportunities every day. I mean, the market, it is what it is. I mean, it's unbiased. It's just the market. There's going to be opportunities there every day if you know where to look. What I've been doing personally, like I can't tell you this is the best strategy, but I know it works for me right now. Every morning I wake up, I see what news has come out and there's going to be like um, something moving in pre-market on the news. I don't know if it's going to be a huge move, but it's going to be a significant that you can tell, hey, this is an uptrend today. I kind of like chill back. I stay patient. Like I'm not that slap happy to slap the first thing moving. Like that's not what you do. Um, so I kind of watch that all periodically throughout the day. And if I see it's kind of pulled back some, like maybe midday toward end day or even late morning, like if I'm feeling real frisky, um, like if it's pulled back some, the volume is still there and it's basing, then I'll start buying some shares, not going all in, but I still buy heavy because I'm okay with the risk. Um, I start buying some shares and I see if I can get like a slower grind back up towards pre-market levels. And for me right now, that's paying the bills. So that's what I'm doing in the meantime. Yeah, I think 
what you said super smart. You can't just sit there and not trade at all. But I think a lot of newer traders, they get in this market and it's like, well, I'm just losing money every day. It'd be smarter if I just didn't trade. What would you kind of tell those guys? You know, what I would tell those guys is, you know, you take somebody like Michael Jordan. I mean, he missed a lot of shots, but it's not like he just came out there and he's like, man, the last few games, I've just been bombing. I'm not going to take any shots. He did that. The Bulls aren't going to win. Like, I mean, if Michael Jordan takes himself out of the game, he's not going to go on to the status that, he, that he's at now and just have an amazing career. You got to play smart. Like, maybe you don't go for three pointers now. Maybe you don't even go in and try to do a slam dunk, but a layup, layup still put points on the board. So maybe go in, find your layups right now, go in saying, hey, this isn't going to make the highlight reel, but, you know, this is quick. I can get the basket here and, you know, I can just coast by. That's what I would tell those traders because it's a double-edged sword. Like you might be losing money right now. That's why I'm saying don't go for the home run. Don't go for the three-pointer, but go for the layups because if you take so much time off, you're not going to learn and you're just giving up so much time. Like every how many months you might give up, you're sitting out of the market when the market does come back, you're going to feel like a newer trader again. Like you're not going to feel warmed up. Yeah, we were just talking about on uh, the last episode how yeah. the market, you know, you can kind of lose lose trust in the market. You're like, well, I, I forgot my initial sizing after the first down market. I was like, why am I only making this much now that the market's hot again? And I was like, oh, I'm not putting as much in. I totally forgot my sizing. Imagine that. You know, that's like the heat that I caught when I was telling people to go heavy. Like, I'm not going to make what I'm making now if I'm not going heavy. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. It's also to your point about, I think one of the things that you can never stop doing is, is stop getting better. And by doing that, if you're not at least trying, then you're not getting better, which means you're getting worse. I've spent my entire trading career on this principle right here. Like this is literally to this day, like this is still like what I do in my trading career every single day. I've based my entire career on being an if-then trader. I don't try to predict or time the market. I'm simply an if-then trader. If the market is doing this on whatever day, then I'll do this. If it's doing that, like if it's, if it's exploding, then I'll go heavy and I'll ride the explosion. If it's you know a layup market, then I won't go as heavy and I'll take profit sooner. Either way, whatever the market does, then I do X, Y, Z. And that's what I do every day, adapt or die. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to your point, you know, it's kind of like riding a bike, you know, you'll always kind of know how to trade, but if you get off the bike and then all of a sudden, you know, that, that one that we're saying rips 2000% and you've taken six weeks off and now you come back and you try and like, you know, feel the technicals again, and you try and feel the personality of that, of that trade, you're not going to either a trade as effectively or B you're just going to completely muff it or see you're going to it's something that you would usually nail. You're not going to nail because you don't have the confidence because, well, you haven't been doing it for six weeks. Exactly. You know, consistency is really key in anything in life. You know, it's funny because a lot of people compare kind of like the uncertainty of an athlete to a trader. The difference is though, is that an athlete, to a certain point, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, LeBron are kind of, you know, they're, they're like our Zach Morris, but athletes have kind of like that shelf 
shelf life. You know, they come into the league, they kind of hit their peak, maybe like what the third or third or fourth year around that. And then um, from there, it's kind of, you know, they kind of start to simmer off, you know, maybe get another contract or two, but within 10 years of entering the league, um, they're usually retired. Trading is exactly opposite. Um, you know, you enter the league and you are like crawling. You, you are literally crawling. And from there on, you know, it, the saying, you don't know what you don't know is so true. And the only way that, you, that you're going to learn is through experience. Exactly. And like you were talking about, like um, the difference between athletes and traders, like, you know, you have um, people when they get into the pro league, whether it's the NBA, NFL, or shoot, even UFC, whatever you want to do, you've had, you know, your high school career, maybe even before high school, college career, you're practicing with other athletes on your level. You're developing those skills then. So when you get to the professional league, you've had all this training and you're on their level. We, more we just talked, we literally on Sunday, we were like, but when you go into trading, you're straight up little league playing with NBA players. Yeah. They one trader, if you open up a, uh, a Webull account with maybe one of your two links right now. Um, you open up a Webull account and you're going to start trading with $500, whatever. You're jumping in the league with Zach Morris right off the bat. And other people, you're jumping in the league with PJ. You're jumping in the league with Hugh, Ultra, myself, whoever it might be. You're jumping in with Twitter's hot man, Tommy. Like that's who you're jumping in the league with from day one. You've got to start small or the, you're going to get left behind. And then, and then like, you know, those are the people on your freaking team. Then you have people who, you know, I mean, you got, you one, got Robin Hood and they'll just halt trading. <laughs> yeah, they just won't let you sell. They won't even let you out of the, off the, um, they won't even let you off the field, you, you know, or out of the ring, you know, you, you got to stay inside that octagon or you have people who just, are not looking out for, for their best interest, you know, like let's call it like a short that's just out for their own gain and not even, you know, really out there for the investor, let's call it. And then on top of that, you have, you know, it's kind of like a, like a one, one man for all kind of thing uh, because then you have market makers who's against literally everybody, everybody. Yeah, it's, it's like Avatar The Last Airbender. You're the only airbender, and then you have all these other nations that you got to just take on by yourself. It's tough out here, man. Yeah, and, and that's... What, yeah. The cool thing with like retail traders like us, and people are starting to realize this, you know, be it like going to the casino, like you're sitting with some of your homies around the table, you're playing three card, you're playing five card, whatever you're playing, or even 21, whatever you're playing. Yeah. The opponent is the dealer. Everybody's trying to beat the dealer, and that's the market. The market is the dealer. You're not trying to go against everybody else because it doesn't matter what their hand is. As long as your hand beats the market's hand, you win, they win. It's a fun time. Like It's not like you're going against your homie here, this guy here. It's like we can all win, take home a lot of chips. Like, I think the most frustrating thing being from the point of view that I am trying or, or you know, the point of view that we all are is that you know we have friends that come to us like, hey, man, like I need to make – 10 grand inside the next few days. And I'm like, dude, I wasn't profitable for three years. Like three fucking years, I wasn't profitable, uh, let alone 10 grand. You know, like even nowadays, you know, inside this slow ass market, you know, I hit five figures and I'm like, you know, you know, let's get the private jet out or something. Yeah, get that coat out. Yeah, yeah, the green one. The green <laughs> one. Yeah, no, so I think it's, 
the idea, the ideology behind it, everything else in life, I feel like people just don't expect like instant, instant gratification, but something like the market where one, there's inherent risk Two, 90% of people don't make shit. Uh, it's definitely higher than that. There, there's just no doubt that's not higher than that. Something tells me that that it, it, we could we could go into this discussion any day of the week, but I think that something tells me that that's um, including retirement accounts because that would obviously skew the numbers, you know, to the other side. But but my point is that you know I yeah they're forced they're forced yeah to they're hold. forced to hold inside you know it's pretty you know the whole swimming pool analogy that like you know you pick the riskier swimming pool but then it's like. It's like 51% risky, 49% hedge. So it's like, you're never really coming out with more, you know what, I'm not, I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. But my point is that there's really nowhere else where I feel like people just expect instant gratification than the market. And I come to the market every day and I'm expecting instant gratification as well. And and I know that when I'm not prepared, um, you know, I mean, I I screw it up for myself all, constantly. You know, like I'm, I'm my biggest, I'm, I'm my worst enemy all the time. And you know, the thing is, when you screw it up, you just said you screwed up for yourself. That's taking accountability. You're like, hey, I screwed up today. I did this wrong, whatever. You're not looking for someone else to blame because that's on you. You correct it and get better. That's how you evolve as a trader. Yeah. Well, you know, it was actually yeah, literally yesterday alone. It was um, SJ. SJ, I was playing and I ate like 50 on it. And and I was like, motherfucker, man. I was like, I just like, like, not only am I trying to make money, I'm just not trying to lose money. And, uh, and I came and within like 30 minutes, I dropped 50 and I was, and I think I texted like you and Tommy and I was like, man, yeah, I'm just, I'm just getting out of here for the day. Like, you know, whatever, like going to go enjoy the day. And then, uh, and then I checked in with you guys like two hours later. And, uh, what was it that ran a hundred percent? It was, um, like RV. RV BALH or something. Yeah. And I checked in with you guys and you were like, oh, dude, like I'm like, uh, like, uh, I'm up 50. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, what? This is, and you're like, yo, yo, like, you should have stuck around. I'm like, well, no fucking shit, you know? Like, I lost on SJ yesterday morning too. And I was like, down. And then, you know, I sat there and then thankfully, whatever that ticker was came out of nowhere. And, you know, it's just traded that one. But it just goes to show that like if I had if I had stuck at it, I probably would have taken it with you or at least I could have cut some of my loss down. But instead, it's one of those things where it's like if you fail, if you only try once and you fail that one time and then walk away, then you're a failure. And so that's how kind of how I felt yesterday when when we were talking about, you know, I was super happy for you boys. You know, obviously, I, you know, I didn't want, you know, I wanted you guys to bank after I left. But um, for me, it was like, you know, I tried my first trade. I dropped 50 and then I walked away. Like I'm like, I'm admitting defeat, you know? So that was, that, that was something that I feel is really tough um, for newer traders. And that was like the time where I was like, fuck, like this is a perfect example of, you know, me, you know, making a rookie mistake. Yeah. But look, I mean, you realize that I think, you're not going to make it again. I think, uh, you know, obviously this down markets lasted longer, probably the longest one we've seen since coronavirus um, yeah. started. Would you guys agree with that one? Okay. Yeah. Obviously, since then, there's been so many new traders come into the market. Yeah. You know, obviously, we had that August, September one last year that lasted, but it wasn't nearly as bad as this one. This one, no. you could have been swinging and then 
held it through, you know, dips or a tough week and they just kept going. You're down like 50% on some of your favorite swings. I think a lot of these newer traders that came in after COVID, it was hard not to have just an almost year-long lucky streak. I mean, there are so many things running. Everyone multiplied their account by so much. I think it gave a lot of false confidence to a lot of traders. I mean, even myself included, where these couple months, they they not only hurt the account, but they hurt your confidence as well. Where would you kind of suggest these newer traders who thought they had it figured out and then they come into this market? How do you think they should, uh, like, where should they start looking? I mean, because back then, I mean, Zach Morris is making these calls. 90% of them are running 50 to 100%, you know? So, I mean, it's like a lot of these guarantees almost aren't there anymore. Exactly. Like, like I was talking about earlier, it goes back to adapt or die. Like the market is what it is and it, it has its cycles. You got to be an if-then trader. You know, I, that's what I tell myself every day. Like when the market was doing that, like, hey, if I buy this swing, then I'm going to double my account, maybe triple my account. That's what you do. I mean, if that's what's going to happen, then that's what you do. Now, that's not the case. So you don't do that. Now, if it's like, oh, layups are the only thing that's going in, then I take layups. You got to realign your mindset. Like, I know that's easier said on paper um, when you go from just making the most money you've ever made in your life up to this point to now, like, you know, making a fraction of that. But, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Nobody wants to get rich slow. Everybody wants instant gratification. They want to be rich very fast. But within that statement, getting rich slow, people ignore you're still getting rich. I mean, I would rather get rich slowly than um, just start dwindling away my net worth and be out of the game. So I would just advise new traders to realign your mindset for the current market conditions. If and when the market conditions come back to where you buy something, it goes up 100%, then start doing that again. And just be very adaptable and your trades don't get so biased towards only one type of trading that you're completely out of the game in any market that that's not the case. Yeah, for sure. What, what right now are your layups? And then like, how was that different yesterday and Friday? Like when the market was kind of hot? Yeah, so when the market was hot on Friday, um, I missed a lot of it. I wasn't ready. Like I think I only made... Right. $7,000 on Friday when it should have been a six-figure day because everything was running. But I was used to the slow period that we'd been into up until Friday. I wasn't expecting the continuations. I wasn't expecting the massive spikes. So I wasn't going as heavy as I normally go. Like I said, I always go heavy, but sometimes I dial back the heavy scale. But I wasn't as heavy as I should have been, and I didn't hold some stuff as long as I should have. And I rolled out early on Friday. Like I thought, you know, pre or uh, power hour would probably die down. It would be trash. So I rolled out. That was my mistake. So then I was ready for it on Monday. Um, you know, I still waited on Monday. Like I said, at a lot of pre-market, let things set up. Then I started hitting it hard. So I did 55, uh, yeah, about 55K on Monday yesterday in profit. I was ready for that because what Friday taught me, okay, if the market's back, then I'm just going to go back to my heavy style. We're going to ride these things. Now, the market's not like that. So what I'm doing is I'm literally just taking it day by day, the moves that we're getting. Then, um, like I said, I play the volume play almost every day. Whatever that volume play is, that's kind of where I'm going to be at. I focus on that. 
I buy pretty much every dip that I can. Like if it's dipping down on us, I'm buying them up for us. Like I'm going to try to keep it going unless it's just straight up red knife candles and it stops me out. Uh, but I'm just buying the dips uh, right now and grinding them out all day long. Hell yeah. Um, I guess kind of moving from trading onto a little social media aspect, you, you and Tommy, you guys have started doing these giveaways, the Goblin Gang. You guys are, 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 you guys are branding it nicely. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So FinTwit is a community. Um, and, you know, like we've all talked about on other episodes, like I've heard you guys talk about it on um, previous episodes. When a lot of us first started, FinTwit was not what it is now. You did not have the interaction that you have now. You didn't have Dan on here, like going out and uh, doing the blue collar DD for us. You didn't have like all this wild fun stuff going on uh, and the um, sense of camaraderie that we have now. So the Goblin Gang, like, you know, we're looking out for all of these other traders and it's something fun that we can help like interact with the newer traders, give back to them to help jumpstart their trading career. And it keeps people hyped. Like if you got people in the community, like that's trying to help, like either jumpstart your account, give you trading tools that can help you trade, you're going to be more apt to not quit. Like it's very easy for a newer trader just to say the hell with this, I'm giving it up. And you never go back to trading again, or that could be the worst mistake of your life. So we're trying to get as many people involved as we can, this goblin gang movement that we're doing. Uh, and, you know, if there's any trader that we can help get to that next level, whether it's we give away a few bucks, whatever, we give away an iPad. We just want to keep people going to get to that next level and maybe do the same for some other trader. Where's the goblin gang uh, name come from? Um, you know, uh, that's not to be disclosed. Um, oh, we're, the, the, the PGIR uh, boys aren't... Uh, we're not we're not uh, high class enough. We're not we're not cool enough to know. You know, it's just a very good thing to be a goblin. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Quick quick question. Um, what what exactly is a goon to a goblin? Nothing. Little Wayne taught me that. No, not. <laughs> okay. I was just checking. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Well, do you do you have anything else, Hugh? No, I think uh, I think you know, Garrett. It's always awesome chit-chatting. I mean, we talk every day. So I think it's really cool that um that we had realized yesterday that um that we hadn't had you on in two and a half months. And it, a it's been a minute. And that's because cool to see where you boys have gone to. Well, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was really cool. I was looking back at the video that you and I did on uh, uh I guess about last year. You know, it's just insane to, because sometimes, you know, I, I know that me personally, like I get a little frustrated sometimes, like with the kind of stretch that I've been on recently, you know, I get really, I get, I get really pissed, pissed off, honestly, pissed off. And then when I look back at like the conversations that we were having, like this time last year, and I was like, holy shit. I was like, it, it's like, it, you know, I feel like all of Fintwit and, and, you know, our listeners and, and us, all, everyone has just come so far and we've been able to learn so much really over the past two years. But last year was really like the first time that like I really saw it like um, on video. And so I think it's just awesome how far we've all come. You know, your journey has been insane for everyone that doesn't know, because, you know, you've gained like 50,000 followers in like the past like six months or something, correct? Yeah, it's something crazy like that. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, like Gare turned like 500 bucks into like 3 million, like in 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 16 months, something like that. 
something like that. Yeah, which, yeah, we're approaching five right now. <laughs> That's just so insane. That is so insane, and uh, and we're so proud of you, man. And and it's so awesome to see you and I trade so differently. But your advice is, you know, for me is always great, especially like in times when some day traders market. It's really been appreciated, man. Yeah, you know, like one thing that I'll leave like you guys with any newer trader listening to this, whatever, like. Just because you're making a fraction of what you used to make, then depending on what your account size is, it's still probably stupid money, way more money than you're going to make at any other job. Keep that in perspective and just understand the amazing opportunity you have to even be in the market and do this for a living because it's way better than anything else out there. Love that. One one more thing I just thought was funny, just because what you said is so true. After hours yesterday <clears throat> with the, I think it was Tesla earnings, I remember I just bought like 20 shares to dick around with after and I made like $170. I was like, woo, $170, I'm rich. Like jokingly, and that was like, that's more than my monthly bonus was at my last job. I was like, okay, I could still deal with this. This is cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, $100 is $100, you know? It, it's crazy. Right? Uh, yeah, that's last, thing, last thing, because we, we were wrapping this up like 10 minutes ago. But when you really do the numbers, it's like, it's like, I, uh, like I was talking to a guy that, um, he was pissed off about only making like a thousand dollars a day. And I was like, dude, I was like, okay, you're 24. You know, what's like, wh- like your friend who you feel is like doing well, like, where does he work? And he's like, oh, like he works in an investment bank. And I was like, okay, like what's his annual company? He's like, uh, like 108 with bonus. And I was like, dude, if you make a thousand dollars a day, you'll almost two and a you're half. Doubling. You're doubling. Yeah. yeah. You're doubling his comp. And I was like, how many hours do you work a week? And he's like, the last six weeks. And you know, like I trade the open, then come back for the close. I'm like, what's your friend working? He's like 80 hours a week. And I was like, exactly. It's easy to lose perspective in the bad times, you know? So it's just important to always keep that in mind to like every other thing out there because we're, we're very fortunate and blessed to have this. So fortunate. Thanks, Gary, for coming on. All right, boys. Well, back to the NASDAQ. All right. See you, Gary. <laughs> See, you, <Gare>. <laughs> See you, man. Thanks again. You know, as always, guys, if you love our content, if you think Dan is funny, if you think I'm somewhat funny, please give us those five stars at the bottom of Apple Podcasts. That's the only thing we ask for, and it helps us out tremendously. And uh, we will see you Sunday, baby.